0: Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee and thank you for listening in for, to this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. On today's episode, I wanted to take the opportunity to talk stocks. Um, I think there can be a lot of intimidation when it comes to investing and investing specifically in stocks and talking about the stock markets and that is completely okay. Um, I would say and I've said this before on this podcast that it's not something that a lot of us are exposed to during our school years and then even you know after we graduate high school even when we're talking about post-secondary education there might not be a lot of that um, specifically unless you're taking like business courses or finance courses you might not have been exposed to stocks and investing at all if you hadn't really done anything to specialize in in those kind of specific focuses so as a result um You know, there's no doubt that this could be intimidating because you might be learning this by yourself for the first time and... There's so many information sources, so even the information coming at you can be somewhat mixed because it really would depend on the source and where you're getting your information from. So to start, it's important to have grace with yourself and really also remember that you do not have to be a stock market wizard or expert to invest your money or to succeed in the market. So I really want to stress that, that it's not about you becoming this expert On all things stocks before you're able to start investing. Um, Start where you are. You can learn more as you go, but don't let the idea that you have to be an expert stop you from taking any action because, as I like to stress on this podcast, it's all about taking action when it comes to your money. Compounding growth is vital for building wealth. And one of the most important factors to compounding growth is going to be time. So, pushing it off, procrastinating. It's not going to serve you when it comes to investing. It's all about taking action and starting now. So let's talk stocks to get you a bit more comfortable with the topic of investing and growing your wealth through investing through stocks. Um, as for investment tools or products, Stocks represent a very important part of making your money work for you based on the historical return numbers that they have offered. Um, So keep in mind that in this episode, I'm talking about stocks on an individual basis, but this information is still relevant when it comes to investment funds and products such as mutual funds um, and ETFs, exchange traded funds, because an equity fund, like a Um, so a mutual fund that's an equity-based fund or an ETF, something like the S&P 500, those are simply made up of a variety of stocks. So your S&P 500 is going to be made up of your 500 largest um, stocks in the U.S. market, for instance. So those are just, you know, uh, products or funds that are kind of a combination of individual stocks. So this conversation about individual stocks is still relevant to those types of investments. Um, So to start, let's get some industry jargon out of the way because there's lots of that, of course, when we're talking about stocks. So When we say the word stock or when I say the word stock, um, other words that can be used by the industry that interchangeably would also be equities, um, shares. Some people might call them common shares. So those are all sort of used interchangeably to talk about stocks. Um, When we invest in stocks, we can do so by through the stock market, which is an auction market where buyers and sellers are going to meet to trade stocks. So generally when we're trading stocks, it's done through the stock market and it is an auction market. So prices are really established by supply and demand. You have to have buyers, you have to have sellers, and their prices have to meet to essentially have trades take place. Um, Market hours. So the stock market hours locally for um, my time zone, my time zone, because I'm in, um, I guess, Mountain Time, I think it, I should know this. So my time zone here in Alberta is um, 7.30 a.m. to 2 p.m., but it's based on Eastern Time hours. So New York hours, Toronto hours being 9.30 a.m. the stock market's open at and 4 p.m. is when they close so that's when markets are open and available for you to buy and sell stocks and that's Monday to Friday and some obviously some holidays stat holidays would it would not be open but there's um, a list of any specific holidays that it will not be open um, that you can find online and that will probably change you know a little bit year by year depending on what days those holidays fall on and whatnot um so Here in Canada, the largest stock exchange we have is called the Toronto Stock Exchange. And then the largest, the oldest and largest stock exchange in North America would be the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, a little bit more kind of industry jargon or things you're going to hear thrown around when it comes to stock markets and investing. Um, You might hear things like bull or bull market Um, if someone's bullish um, or A bull on the markets it's someone who expects the overall markets or a specific stock position that it will rise so bullish investors generally are going to be buying stocks because they see it as that they're going to be continuing to go up Um, when we talk about a bear market that means the expectation is that the markets in general or a specific holding is going to decline so it's when we think you know markets are not doing well and then bearish investors or when you're bearish on the market you're likely in the position of selling in fear or anticipation of a price decline so thinking that the markets are going to decline it's a bearish market you have a bearish outlook and that's why you would maybe sell or be sitting on the sidelines in cash so again those are terminology that is talked about when we talk about investing Um, as well with investing there's a variety of stock indices which we can follow our track and what these do or represent is they measure changes In an overall group of stocks, so they're represented, the representative of um, the overall markets. So it helps. The stock market indices are going to help you gauge directional moves and overall performance of the stock markets. So some examples of this like stock market indexes that you can look at uh, for the Canadian markets. We have one such as the S&P TSX Composite, which is made up of about 250 of the largest Canadian companies. There's the S&P TSX 60, which is going to be the largest, the 60 largest companies. Um, There's the TSX Venture venture, which is um, about, I believe, 500 companies. And they're ones that don't meet the criteria to be listed on the stock exchange, the Toronto Stock Exchange. So the venture is going to be made up of smaller type companies. Um, For the U.S. markets, index indexes, so when you're hearing that the markets are down this many points or up this many points, generally what it's going to be based on or what you're going to hear is the Dow. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and that consists of 30 companies, um, U.S. companies. There's the S&P 500, which is made up of the 500 U.S. stocks um, by market capitalization. And then there's the NASDAQ 100 as well. So (laughs) there's all these different indexes And or should I be saying indices? I'm I'm probably need a lesson in grammar or language for this. Um, But okay, so what I'm trying to get across is there's a lot of these you know different indexes that we can look at to track. And again, they're going to be representative representative of certain groups of stocks. So obviously, the S and P 500 is going to represent the largest U. S. companies. So if your portfolio is very much targeted at that type of allocation or a portion is, then that would be a great comparison tool for you to see in general what your your account should have done for the day based on the performance and the directional move of the index. So again, they're used to help gauge overall moves. It's how we sort of have a pulse on the markets as a whole. And it might not be a direct reflection, though, of your investment portfolio. So keep that in mind because it would really depend on your specific allocation. Um, So you can think of these as indicators of the movement of the markets and where your portfolio might have gone as far as performance wise for the day. But um, so, for instance, if the indices show that the markets are down for the day, you know, the markets, if you hear they're down 2%, or they're down. 500 points like all these different kind of things you might be hearing in the news and whatnot then what you can assume likely if you're invested and you have exposure to the markets well your performance or your um, portfolio is likely down as well so it again it's helping you gauge overall performance so then you know okay if the markets are down 10% year-to-date I can expect that there's a good chance that my portfolio is down um, again might not be that 10% reflective of that specific index but it's likely down if the markets as a whole are down if I'm invested in equities in stocks um, So you can kind of assume that yours is gonna move somewhat with these indexes and that's why they exist to help us gauge movement overall. Um, Again, though, it's going to depend on your specific exposure and how you're allocated. So it's not a direct relationship or correlation to your investment portfolio. It is very dependent on how you're allocated. If you have some bond exposure, then of course you'd want to look at, well, where have the bonds markets moved or what does that gauge look like? And you wouldn't be specifically looking at the um, equity indexes for something like that. So. Also, when you're looking at the movement of an index, um, it's better to compare the moves with um, uh, the percent on a percentage basis Um, or, yeah, and and looking at it as a percentage rather than the point movement. Because if you're comparing something like the US markets and you say, oh, the NASDAQ is up by 475 points, but the S&P was only up by 83 points, percentage-wise though, the number was a lot closer, and I'm just going off of like a day that I was looking at this that it ha- so happened to be those rates, um, where the NASDAQ up 475 points was up just over 3%, S&P being up only 8- 83 points was up about 2%. So still percentage-wise close, but point-wise um, quite different, again, because of their their different um, amounts. and and values so percentage wise is going to help you at least compare them a little bit better than saying you know 500 points and this one's down 200 points and um, so it, because they're all at different levels you're going to likely want to compare them on a percentage basis that way you get apples to apples kind of comparison um, but again they're they're measuring sort of different targets as well though so keep that in mind um, so then let's just talk about we're talking stocks what is a stock let's talk about a stock in its most I guess simplest terms kind of breaking it down to how it exists or how it comes to be so if a company needs capital the company can raise capital by issuing stocks so let's say a company is looking to grow their business or expand or you know um, expand internationally or whatnot so they're looking to raise some money to do so they can raise capital by issuing stocks into the market through an investment dealer and then investors can then buy the securities thereby transferring their money to the company and in return getting a piece of ownership of the company, a share in the company um, and that represents a claim on the company's real assets. So when you buy securities that are equities you become a part owner in the business. It's why you're called a shareholder. If the business does well and earns a profit, the company may distribute money back to the holders of the stocks um, through dividends or they might choose to reinvest in the business or do a combination of both. Um, positive results for the company may translate into the stock price rising which is the ideal scenario when you buy a stock you want it to go up in value because you're an owner of it you want to see it appreciate in value Um, and again that could create an increase in value if the company does well, and that could lead to capital gains for you if you then sell the stock at a higher price. So again, in its ideal scenario, that's what you want to happen. So when you buy a stock, the goal would be for growth or an appreciation in value. For instance, you buy a stock at $20 a share and you want it to increase in value, um, and you want that to go up. So it's okay if you see it at $30 a share. Yay, I've made $10 a share. If you, at that moment, sell the stock, at that price um if you have not sold it obviously you've not locked in any amount and your market value so what the stock is currently trading at is going to continue to fluctuate and change so when it comes to investing in stocks the potential for gain we say is essentially infinity i mean that sounds like a lot and we don't know any stocks trading at infinity yet but really there's no upper limit the stock can go up to any value And then, so that's the the gain side, what's potential. Um, The potential for loss would be up to your entire investment because the company essentially could go out of business, they can go bankrupt, and the stock could go to zero. That's the downside risk. So let's say you bought that share at $20, that stock. Well, if it went to zero, you lost your full $20 investment. Um, So that's the potential downside versus upside. It could go for any number, uh, essentially. Again, we don't know of any stocks. I'm not aware of any trading at infinity, but again, there's no upper limit, right? There's no hard limit like we would see on the downside, which is it could go to zero. Um, It's important to consider the potential for risk when investing in stocks. Because as far as investment products, something like a stock would have a higher risk than something um, with a lower return offering. So something like a GIC is a guaranteed investment certificate. That's essentially, that would be a no risk type investment. But again, return expectations are going to be a lot lower. Or you can look at something like a bond or a fixed income investment, which It's going to have some potential for risk based on different events like interest rates and um, the company um, being, you know, staying in business, being able to pay back the bondholder at the end of the term. So there are some elements of risk there, but usually, on as a whole, bonds are considered a lower risk investment than a stock. Um, So, keeping all that in mind, that. And obviously, each investor does have a different risk profile. So you do have to consider your risk tolerance when it comes to choosing stocks or investing in the stock market. Um, some considerations or things you should be asking yourself is, you know, what if your the value of your investment declines? Can you handle you lose losing um, a large percentage of that investment, or even the entire value of that investment? So could you handle? losing 10%, 20%, 30%, and if you go, oh no, like I need this money next year for a down payment on my house, I couldn't handle having it lose 20%, then of course that's an indication that that money, you don't want to be investing in the stock markets. You don't want to be putting it at that risk versus if you have a longer time frame, maybe you're young and you're saving up money for your retirement goal then you, you don't have as much concern over the short term time periods of, okay, if my investment declines, I can wait it out. I can give it some time and wait for it to recover. Um, so again, risk tolerance is an important consideration for investing in stocks. Um, as well, stocks, within themselves so stocks is a whole you know category but within that there's all different types of risk profiles and it's going to be based on other characteristics such as size of the company um the sector that the company is involved in and so it, the, all these are going to impact and and um the the risk potential because different types of markets or events could have a different reaction um so how they're broken down, if we're talking about the size of the company, so if we're looking at a stock and saying, um, how risky is it? Well, we can look at a company as its size and say, is it a small cap stock we talk about? Or me, mid, medium or mid cap? or is it a large cap or a blue chip stock? Those are some of the words we're using. So market cap meaning market capitalization, which is essentially a quick measure of what the company is valued at by the market. So market cap is calculated as the number of shares outstanding times the stock price. So when you hear like Apple is worth this many trillions of dollars or whatnot, that's the market cap on the stock, okay? So a small cap stock would be a smaller company and generally it's going to be a higher risk than a larger more established companies. Small cap companies are classified as those between that have a market cap between about 250 million to 1 billion. Um, Mid cap are going to be 1 billion to about nine to 10, I believe, billion. And then large cap is your over $10 billion market by market capitalization companies. And that sort of blue chip is gonna be in that category as well. So it's gonna be blue chip, when you hear people say blue chip stocks, invest in those those type of investments. They're gonna be um, companies that have strong investment qualities and characteristics, um, a record of continuous dividend payments or growth. Um, Some of them might be examples like Amazon or your Apple or your Costco of the world. So those are sort of your blue chip type companies. So again, the risk is higher in the smaller companies than the larger based on just a variety of factors. Just think about it. A large company versus a small like mom and pop shop, you know, you, you know the large company has the resources um, to stick it out if there is big events in the economy and things like that versus a smaller company, which doesn't have as many maybe clients or um, as many resources to tap into if an event is happens that impacts the company. So just in a sense of looking at companies, smaller companies are going to be higher risk for the most part than larger companies. Um, stocks can also be broken down by how they perform in different business cycles. So again, there's all sorts of ways that we can look at individual stocks or when we look at the category of stocks, breaking it down into what kinds and what types. And, um, so there's also, you can categorize them by business cycles and there would be cyclical versus defensive. So cyclical stocks are going to be sensitive to economic swings. Um, they'd probably rise quickly when the economy does well and fall when the economy does not. Um, examples of cyclical could be like an automaker because when times are good, people are buying new vehicles, um, but in periods of recession, obviously people are going to just repair their vehicles, keep driving what they have. Um, defensive stocks are going to demonstrate a relative stability even in maybe poor economic conditions. So when, when we're in more of like recessionary times. Um, and are going to be less impacted than by the business cycle. And again, this is, sort of in theory how they should behave so for instance like a utility stock might not change much in periods of expansion or recession because maybe the rates don't the usage rates don't change drastically so maybe times are tough but people are still going to be turning on their heat um, and and using electricity in their house like it's going to take a lot for that behavior to really change so that's maybe more of a defensive type stock um, stocks can be divided also in different sectors. So you can have ones that fall into the financial, the energy, materials or industrial, consumer discretionary, um, telecommunication, healthcare, utilities, information technology. So, again, based on the sector, um, there is maybe some con like based on the overall economy could impact that stock more so than others. So for instance, when COVID hit, if you were invested in companies that were really kind of in that travel related sector, um, you might've saw a bigger impact on those stocks. They might've fall- fallen further than some of the other companies because that industry was very much more like very specifically impacted by the events that occurred. So That kind of gives you some ideas for how we can kind of break it down or look at stocks on the different qualities. Now, let's say you're looking for individual stocks to invest. So what do you do then? The question might be, I'm looking, so how do I know what to invest in? Well, there's lots of different publicly traded stocks to buy or invest in. So there's this whole big, um, you know, pool to choose from of thousands of different companies. Um, so there's lots of options. So where do you start? Well, you might start by taking that more macro approach, which means looking at it from kind of the top down and looking at bigger themes and sectors and then narrowing down your focus from there. So you might be thinking, I believe that if interest rates are going up, I think financial companies will do well. So then then your focus is narrowed in on, okay, maybe you're looking at some banks or insurance companies as part of the type of stocks you're looking for. Um, or you can kind of turn things around and look at more of a bottom-up approach. So you're looking at individual stocks and deciding... Just based on the stock itself, is it a suitable investment for you? So you're not taking that top down approach. You're just saying, okay, I heard about this stock or I read something about this specific company. I want to look into it more and decide if it is suitable for me. So, again, I'm assuming that most of you listening to this are not looking to be day traders um, because this episode is not for a day trader um, and this podcast is not really designed to get to that level of detail. So, it's more so this episode is about if you're looking to just understand the basics of stock markets and investing and really just a good place to kind of start or some of the basics, right? So when you're looking into something like that, well, and what types of stocks to buy, a great place to start when we're looking at stocks and stock markets is a stock quote. So having an app on your phone or um, just doing an internet search of a specific company and looking up a stock quote. So there's a variety again. There's a variety of apps too that you can use where you're, or just search the internet. Um, but a stock quote is going to offer you a variety of details in itself. So it's a great tool to if you're looking for an investment, um, give you kind of the basic stats, almost the overall picture of, of of the company. It's probably not the only thing you're going to use to make a decision on to whether to buy or not. But it's going to give you some, you know, again, quick stats, a good sort of. Um, Overview as as far as what you're you know some of the criteria or the, um w- what the company is looking like price wise and things like that so, you're gonna um use like a a stock quote um if you don't know the symbol you can actually just internet search, you know, this is the company, what is the stock symbol, and you will get that. Um, The quote's gonna tell you things like the 52 week high and low, which is gonna just be, it's basically the highest it's traded at over the year and the lowest it's traded at. So you get a, a nice range of where it's been throughout the past 52 weeks. Um, You're gonna also get a daily high and low when you're looking at a stock quote. So it's just what price was the highest it's gone to today, what is the lowest, um, the last price traded. So again, that's gonna show you basically any shares that exchanged hands most recently what price did they trade at so again it's an auction market buyers and sellers the last trade that occurred what price did it happen at Um, if the stock pays a dividend you're going to see the dividend yield and daily share volume too. so how many shares have traded for the day that's going to show up as well on the quote you're also going to get a few more kind of um, detailed measures so one of the important ones and and when you're looking at um when people are talking about stocks and and reporting earnings and things like that, you're going to see and hear about is EPS, so earnings per share. And that is um, your net income, the company's net income, not yours. (laughs) The company's net income divided by the number of shares outstanding, which essentially is telling you how much it makes per share of its stock, how much the company earns per share of its stock. You're also going to get a measure something like, um, P/E, so P-E meaning price to earnings and that's also something that's widely reported and that's just giving you the share price divided by that earnings per share number so again you don't have to do the math on these it's gonna provide it for you when you're looking at a stock quote um a PDE, something like a high PDE could mean, so high price to earnings, could mean that a stock is overvalued or that growth is expected. So it's it's kind of like it's a pricier or maybe a growthier stock. Um, so the PDE as a measure, it's used best when you're using it as a comparison tool against competitors in the industry, in the specific type of sector or industry, um, or comparing it against itself to where it historically was valued. So you could say, okay, the stock is, tra- is trading at um, a price, a PDE price to earnings of 13 times, but it usually trades around 20 times. So if you're thinking, well, it's trading currently at 13 times, it's usually at 20, it's trading lower than usual. So that could mean that it's priced a bit lower, maybe on sale, maybe a good opportunity to buy. Again, this is just one thing to look at, or it's one thing to consider. Um, Or comparing it to itself but again you have to compare apples to apples so I grabbed this off of a quote but Amazon it said was trading at 58 times um and then Royal Bank was trading at 13 times so if I compare the two I'm like well Royal Bank's only 13 times that's much sort of cheaper or cost effective um but of course you can't compare the two, they're in very different industries. So you might want to compare Royal bank with another Canadian bank, or maybe you're going to compare some US banks and maybe one bank is trading at 20 times and one bank is trading at 15 times. And that might help your decision to say, okay, I'm going to buy the one that's essentially not as high of a multiple, because if it's a higher multiple, it's looking a little bit more expensive. But again, there's Amazon and it's trading at 58 times, it's historically trading traded at even higher multiples than that. So the, it's hard to say what is a high number, what is a low number. Um, and you can't really use it as a comparison against each other in like against very different companies. So it's again, comparing it to similar companies, it might have value or comparing it um, to where the company has historically traded. Again, it's just, this is one measure. It's not gonna be your ultimate decision maker, but when you're listening and hearing about companies coming out with earnings and things like that, these are some of the things you're gonna hear in those reports or in those articles. Um, So it's giving you just more information Ultimately, the investment decision of what you invest in is going to be based on a variety of factors. So, um... As well, so when we're looking at investing in stocks, stocks are publicly traded companies. So a benefit to investing in stocks, being that they're publicly traded, it means that information about them is publicly available. As a publicly traded company, they're required to report financials and major company events. So they report financials on a quarterly basis, and then they give their annual numbers. Um, And then any major company events that could be material, they have to provide. A report as well so maybe it's that the ceo quit or was fired and someone's replacing the person or whatnot that's going to be publicly disclosed as well so you can get all this information directly from the company website um usually it's under something like investor relations um, you can take time and read through the company financials if you so choose, and and that's really a like a Warren Buffett approach. Like if you've ever you know read anything about Warren Buffett or um, I watched like a biography on him once, and it was about like basically how his day is structured and he spends the majority of it just reading through company financials. I'm assuming most of you listening to this are not so inclined to read the company financials um the accountants and whatnot in numbers people it will be thrilling information, but I think for others, they'd probably opt to watch Netflix or something over reading a company financials. But again, this information is publicly available. It's not, you know, secretive. It's not only certain people are going to know. It is available to anyone. So it is something to just be aware of. And you can access research reports from the financial institution you invest with. Um, you can also get different reports from financial professionals. So these research reports um, are sometimes very specific, talking, and giving a detailed kind of overview of a specific company and their perspective, um, about where they think the stock is going. And again, it's, it's an opinion based, based on the different factors and measurements they use. Um, so just be aware of that. And then as well, if you're using online sources that are making recommendations, do be very aware of where the information is coming from, who is behind it, um, because obviously there could be biased information out there. So you might be re- reading a report about a company or stock and they're really, you know, supporting it and, and almost promoting it and saying buy this stock for all these reasons. Well, you know, are they personally invested in the company? Because obviously, like we talked about, um, it's a, it's a auction market if you get more Buyers wanting it um, than sellers, that's going to drive the price up. So people that are personally invested in a stock are going to want lots of people to be buying the stock. So just again, keep in mind, you know, what is the source? Is this an independent report and or information or research I'm reading, or is there someone's opinions embedded in this? So be very mindful. As with anything, we need to be mindful of where we're getting our information from, who's behind the information. So. We're talking about stocks well what about actually training stocks buying and selling them so for that you can do this completely on your own in a direct investing account so using a direct investing platform which means it's very much do it yourself you pick and choose you buy and sell Um, or if you think that that's just not a good fit for you you can as also work with a financial professional who's going to be working with you to give recommendations um and make investment you know changes and whatnot and trades for you or you can use even more of a hybrid approach through something even like a robo-advisor where it's more do-it-yourself but you enter some information about yourself and output is giving you some recommendations or ideas. So again there's all types of platforms out there to be aware of and it's about finding the best fit for you. Um, So if you are going to take a do-it-yourself approach And if you're doing it on your own, entering a trade, you're concerned about making an error or nervous to actually do it, most platforms will offer a a help desk number. So do call into that if you need any assistance to help have someone walk you through it. Be mindful, of course, that you're trading during market hours. And again, there's financial professionals out there. So I'm not necessarily making this podcast. So you all have to go now and be Um, do-it-yourself investors and go start buying and selling all sorts of stocks. There is options and depending on you and what you're looking for maybe it maybe a best fit is doing it yourself maybe the best fit is working with a professional. Um, So I get again though I still encourage whatever option you choose or kind of route you take I still highly encourage anyone to have this basic knowledge and understanding of investing and what we talked about on this episode. Because even if you're working with a professional, it's always good to stay engaged and have a level of understanding. So you're in the know, you know what's going on with your investments. You don't ever want to be fully giving up control to someone else. Um, you want to always be engaged, be involved, be part of the conversation because as the, at the end of the day, it's still your money. And the end decision has to be yours and you need to be on board with it too and be aligned with who you're working with if it is a financial professional you need to make sure you're on the same page so again it's important to have this level of understanding yourself as well that's all I have for you today. So hopefully you're feeling ready to continue the conversations and talk stocks. So go talk stocks with someone else. You know, it's fun. I love talking stocks. So hopefully this episode has made you feel ready and comfortable to go do some talking stocks as well. Thank you so much. And I will catch you on the next episode. I hope you found value in this episode, and because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.